We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. March has arrived and we are only weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that tournament, March Madness, Selection Sunday, a week from today as we record this podcast, March 15th. Make sure to head to Bet Online and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 bracket madness contest starting March 15th, Selection Sunday, next week. And reminder, the NBA and XFL are still going strong. The NBA especially, I may add, as we're about to talk about. So, whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the place to be for all of your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, Bet Online, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code BLUEWIRE. All one word for your 50% sign-up bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. I'm your host for the night, Jacob. I'm joined by Taylor. Oil prices may be tanking, but my thunder sure aren't, baby. <laughs> Let's go. I like it. And we got Justin on the line. Das Schroeder in Flamen. <laughs> you sound like you were an extra in Inglorious Bastards. I'll take it. Great movie. Great movie. One of that my was, favorite movies of all time, actually. That was a Me great and Brad reference. Pitt rubbing elbows. It's, uh, Love doing it. Doing other stuff. I always enjoyed uh, Hugo Stieglitz in Hugo that movie. Hugo Stieglitz. He was pretty good. He was pretty good. Was uh, what was the bear Jew's name? Donnie. Oh, boy. Donnie something. something. Yep, I was gonna say I don't remember. Not something, <laughs> but Tarantino so, is just the best. Oh my god, so good, so good. That's um, might be his best movie though. 
That, that which uh, oh I don't know that's a good point that's a good point I don't know man I'm second they're all good now oh man they're all good I haven't watched Django in a while maybe I need to sit down and watch Django I need to as well it's been a while for me I don't know if you guys know this but on Netflix they have a uh, a quote unquote extended edition of Hateful Eight that's just yes. each episode of the Hateful Eight broken up into episodes and there's four yes. episodes and they're each an hour long I haven't watched that but I've seen you. I remember you talking about that. I need, I need to do it. That's Wait, so you haven't done one weekend? Have you watched the movie? You just haven't watched the extended? No, I actually, I've never seen a Hateful Eight. Oh, mm. goodness. Taylor. I know. I know. It's good. I've seen Once it's... Upon a Time in Hollywood, Pulp Fiction, um, Kill Bill. Like, yeah, Kill Bill. Um, what, whatever we used to, uh, why, why, am I, why am I going blank on the Django? About the Django? This? Yes, I, obviously, I've seen Django. The Django and Glorious <laughs> Bastards. But I have not seen Hateful Eight. I need to make it work. Yeah, hateful eight's good, man. Bastards, yeah. Hateful eight is good. Well, guys, let's uh, let's get off our Tarantino kick here and <laughs> talk some basketball. So the Thunder have just defeated the Boston Celtics up in the TD Garden, one hundred five to one hundred four, in very dramatic fashion. Uh, we're gonna break that down. We've got some other Thunder themes we're gonna talk about today. We have a lot of Twitter questions we're gonna answer. We're gonna take a trip around the association with some interesting stuff going on in the league. Uh, we got a special wrap-it-up segment for you before we get out of here. So a lot on the docket. Let's dive straight in to the Thunder and the Celtics. At the end of the – or not the end, I guess the beginning or the end of the half. It doesn't matter because nothing happened during the actual halftime. Uh, <laughs> the Thunder are down, what, 12 going into halftime, 11, 12. I think 11. I got down yep. as much as 18 in that second quarter, and things just weren't looking good. Uh, Boston, I tweeted it, and I made sure I got it right. Hit back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back threes in five straight possessions. Yikes. Usually that kills a team. I mean, that's absurd. Crazy. It's stupid. And the Thunder were able to weather that storm, come out after halftime. After halftime, the Thunder score 53 points to Boston's 41. Wow. Wow which is incredibly good. Uh, Boston scores 26, 21, and 20 points in three quarters. Second quarter, they had 37. That's the quarter they erupted for mm-hmm. those those five back-to-back three-pointers. Big themes, big talking points. Uh, uh, what from this game do you guys want to start with? I guess we can kick it off with uh, the Fresh Prince of OKC, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Did not sits play. for his first True. game in his Thunder career. So on that note... Um, not only so, uh, I have a couple stats here from Thunder Communications, um, OKCPR, okay, but also uh, a really or two interesting stats from ESPN Stats and Info. I want to share to kind of kick us off here. That kind of summarizes the game as, as a whole. Um, so, Jake, you mentioned mentioned SGA not playing. So, obviously, this is just a very generic um, stat here. But the Thunder overcame the 18 point deficit that we mentioned earlier to defeat the Celtics and sweep their three game road trip they were just on, which is pretty big. And OKC has no one, now won 12 of their 13 on the road, the one loss being against the best team in the East, the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, OKC won despite playing without SGA as their scoring leader at 19.3 points per game. They're now 8-4, and four, the Thunder, um, against Boston in the Thunder era, I guess being since, um, yeah, the Thunder came to OKC, which is interesting um, that they kind of worded it that way. And then... Thunder Communications also tweeted out that the Thunder is now a season-high 16 games above 500, which is pretty pretty insane. 
Just like we all predicted. Say, just like, exactly, yep. exactly. 100%, right? It's crazy then, to me that Shea is the leading scorer. I, I honestly don't think I had realized that. You feel like you, you yeah. see, see Gallo and Chris Paul take control games, and you just think that they are leading the team of scoring. I, I think all three of those guys are within a point of each other, though. They, it, it's very, Which makes yeah, sense. Very that feels score. right. Yeah, they're all very close. So, and, and that just goes to show the distribution of the wealth. Right. I sound like I'm about to start a, like a, a freaking Bernie Carl Sanders. Marx podcast. <laughs> Distribute the wealth. Right. Feel but, the burn. Uh, yeah, fill the burn, baby. Okay, Bernie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but but really, they are. It's And it's really impressive um, j- just how, how balanced the scoring between the top four scorers on this team, Shea, Chris, Gallo, and Dennis. Uh, those four kind of carry the scoring load. On every night, but I mean, how many post game podcasts have each of us done individually, right. where we get on and say, "The Thunder had another six guys in double figures tonight. Yep. They had another seven guys in double figures tonight." It happens right. all the time now. And I think something that's interesting too is like, so Shea, he kind of gets his points throughout the entirety of the game, where guys like uh, Clutch Paul, for example, shout out our new shirts that we just dropped with the with Design Tree. Go check them out. Look at that plug. Boom. But. He seems to get a lot of his points there in the fourth quarter. We talk about him analyzing the game and then attacking in the fourth. Um, and on that note, the ESPN Stats and Info tweet this out after our game today. The most wins when trailing entering the fourth quarter of the season. The Thunder lead at 16 games. That's stupid. 76ers have eight and the Jazz have eight. So, the so we have as much have, as second and third place yes. combined. <laughs> and then listen to this follow-up crazy. stat. They replied to their own tweet with this follow-up stat. The Thunder have also now won five games this season after trolling by at least 18 points. That's, That's tied stupid. for the most, the most by any team over the last 20 seasons. Nice. That's pretty impressive. absurd. It's impressive. And I was just talking absurd. about sharing the wealth. Uh, only three players got in double figures tonight. Okay. That's interesting. So, but so wealth right isn't as shared uh, in this game. But uh, <laughs> everybody that saw time for the Thunder tonight scored. Yeah. That's, right. uh, that's interesting. Very, very. One thing that uh, stood out to me, and it's fitting that we started this podcast by talking about Tarantino because it was a bit of a poetic justice Ooh. in how this game ended. Boom. Uh, it, the, the first meeting of the Celtics and the Thunder, you had Marcus Smart ripping SGA in the final seconds to seal the win for Boston. And then tonight you had Schroeder getting that steal in the final seconds to seal the win for OKC. Both games both decided by one point, so a total of two points between the two meetings. Pretty awesome. Both games were super fun. Uh, obviously, this one ending in the Thunder's favor, unlike the one in Oklahoma City, but two incredible uh, kind of back-and-forth battles between these two teams. Hey, I'm just saying, sign me up for seven in June, all right? Yeah, no kidding. Done. Just go ahead and book it. No it's not a, it's not a hot take at all. <laughs> so I – even into the fourth quarter, I was worried the Thunder were going to lose this game, uh, mainly for three reasons, and I want to see if you guys agree with these. Number one, turnovers. Yes. After the Thunder the had four turnovers in New York the other night, they had 18 tonight. That led to 21 Boston points. So turnovers. Number two, the free throw shooting. They missed a lot of easy ones, like Schroeder gets Schroeder, fouled, man. goes in the line for three free throws and bricks all three. The Thunder did shoot 74% from the free throw line, uh, 25 of 34. So they took a lot of free throws, but they shoot a lot better. I mean, I don't have the stat in front of me. I don't know what what they shoot on the season, but it's got to be a lot better than 74%. Uh, so they, I felt like they messed a lot of free throws. 
and then just missing easy looks at the rim. How many times did they get on fast breaks and just smoke a layup? Exactly. Those layups were those missed layups were killer. Absolutely killer. There's like I I just off the top of my head I can think like three of them. That's six points right there. Well, there was you know? two on one well, possession, and particularly yeah. in that sec- those <laughs> second and it really is second quarter. Um, just a ton of missed layups at the rim after having a great first quarter where they were finishing shots, they were hitting pull ups, and then it's like second quarter happens and it's somebody they could make anything. Uh, whether it was Shooter, whether it was Chris Paul, uh, there was I think Kami and Nader each had a couple miss miss uh, easy layups that they could have put back. I, I can think of one. Uh, Specifically, I think you were kind of mentioning this, Jacob. But the one I can think of is Lou Dort had a had a steal, had a, a had a breakaway. Uh, he could have gone coast to coast. He actually did this twice. One of the times he's able to make the layup. The other one he he missed it. Ferguson gets the putback. He tries to go up with like a dunk, and just completely misses it as well. So instead of an easy two points, you have two attempts at a lay, easy layups and you miss them both and then i think immediately after the celtics went went back down i'm pretty sure it was hayward who like torched the thunder for the majority of the first three quarters <laughs> goes down and hits a shot and next thing we know celtics are back up so miss layups were and, and just missed shots in general i think were pretty big this game um i, I like the other points that you mentioned as well uh, in in terms of turnovers Chris Paul again with four turnovers tonight he led the a team, lot of them were very weird turnovers very, too like very. Passing to a guy that you thought was going to stand there, and instead he cuts, and yeah. you just throw the ball straight out of bounds. Like that happened two or three times. It was just like they weren't on the same page for a long time. Uncharacteristic, right. very uncharacteristic. I think the thing about this team that's been so refreshing, and the stats that you mentioned, Taylor, really illustrate that the the number of comebacks from being down eighteen points. The clutch time stuff is impressive, but you know a lot of that. Um, can be just kind of like the way the ball bounces or, or, you know, it can really come down to one play here and there. The comebacks, I think, send a, a pretty big message about this team. Think about how many times the last two years, it's like a run, uh, like the one you talked about, Jacob, the, the five three-pointers in a row. Like, that would have been it. The, yep. the Thunder yep. team the last two years would have packed it up right then, and the game would have been over in the second quarter. But this team has shown time and time again that it can get back in games. And it's gotten back in games. They've won the five, uh, like like we talked about. But there's been others that they've gotten in and haven't won. But they've been able to make it close. It's rarely a game that this team gets blow, blown out with, you know, the Clippers and the Bucks last week being the exception. Right. But it's just the resiliency of this team to be able to take a blow like that or go through a stretch where they have a bunch of turnovers or they doink a bunch of layups and be able to turn that around and and – show some fight after that has been and resiliency like so much of a, a turnaround compared to the last two years like jacob you mentioned the uh back to back to back um three-pointers that the celtics made and that next thing you know the thunder are down 18 points but then they come out or actually heading into halftime there was a couple of huge plays that uh the Thunder were able to chisel back and or chisel the lead back down to 10 points heading into the half next thing you know it's like a six-point game within the first couple minutes of the, the second half. Um, and that gives you just a huge advantage and just an opportunity in general heading into the second half. Um, but Justin, on what you just mentioned, I think um, listening, did you guys listen to Chris Paul's post-game podcast? Or podcast, Jesus. <laughs> it's habit. That's what I say, post-game podcast. First thing I think of. cp 3 getting in the podcast yeah. game. Hopefully with the uncontested. We're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can talk him into it. Um no, hey, his, he did like the Clutch Paul shirt, so yeah, he knows he who we are. He did. Maybe he'll listen to us. 
Um, but his oh, game interview. Please. Chris, if you're listening, God bless your soul, man. God bless your soul. <laughs> Fair. Um, but yeah, his, his post game interview. Also, if you want to sponsor us, just let me know. Yeah, DMs please. are open, buddy. Cut the check, <laughs> please. Um, but he mentioned, you know, um, he he was asked about, you know, kind of the team's resiliency, like you mentioned, uh, Justin, and uh, their the comeback they had in them, and um, specifically, he was asked about that play at the end of the fourth where him and Dennis trapped. Who was it? I think it was Marcus Smart who had the ball, and then Dennis steals Kimba, the ball. Kimba, or it was Kimba, Walker. it was Kimba, yeah. And um, and Dennis steals it, goes up, gets the uh, gets the layup, puts the thunder up, one, and then Chris Paul has that huge defensive play against Jason Tatum uh, to the to end the game, yeah, which is huge. But he said, <laughs> yeah, put the clamps on a guy that's eight inches taller. Yeah, than him. right, right. It's crazy. And so Chris says, you know, I I told Dennis I'd go to war with you any day. Um, and then basically ends his interview by talking about how this team plays together as a team. They play for each other. Um, it's just, it's really special. And I think that's a huge part of it. It's just their on-court chemistry and the unselfishness of all these different players that allow them to do what you talked about, Justin, just making these comebacks and uh, never feeling like they're out of a basketball game, which is pretty impressive and something uh, kind of different, I think, than what we're used to over the past couple of seasons. Yeah, I wouldn't go to war with Dennis Schroeder. Germans are 0-2 in the past <laughs> century. It's a, it's a bad, bad record. And we're back to Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> Full circle. Um, hey, so, so looking through the play-by-play, the Thunder were or the, the Thunder were down 99-100 to with 340 left to play. Boston ended with 104 points. So in nearly four minutes of play, mm-hmm. Boston scores four points. Uh, it kind of goes to show you the the defensive tenacity and the that clutch play doesn't just come on the offensive end of the court. This team yep. has been incredibly good in clutch time defense. Uh, we saw it with that final play, uh, Chris Paul guarding Jason Tatum. But throughout the whole rest of those final four minutes, I mean, the Thunder, just their defense was on a string, moving as one unit. Uh, forcing uh, missed shots, uh, funneling players, communicating. It's just it, it's really really impressive, and you know so so the the clutch time stats. I know people have talked about. Nick says this a lot. Like you know the ball bounces uh, has a good bounce this way, and you get it. But if it bounces the other way, you don't. And blah blah blah. But I think just being in these situations, the Thunder have proven that when the game slows down, they can grind out wins. And if that's not what the playoffs is, I don't know yep, what it is exactly. They're not relying on you know transition baskets. They can they can play in a in a game when it gets sloppy and slows down and grinds to a half court offense. They can get buckets, and I think that's another big difference from the teams the last couple of years. That's where they really struggled, the the previous teams, and this year that that's not a problem. That, they might even be better, more suited to that style of play. Yeah, they make the right plays down the stretch every time, you know, and it's. I, I mentioned this on my post-game podcast after the Knicks game, but if in that Knicks game, Chris Paul made that pass to Gallo for the three that basically put the game away, this was last year, and a Thunder point guard had the ball in their hands. <laughs> it ain't moving. Yep. It's going to the rim, you know? So they, they just, and that's nothing against Russ. That's just the way Russ is, right? He He's just that alpha dog. But this team just, they just play a different brand of basketball, and it's working. 
It's it, And it's really fun and encouraging to watch as somebody who enjoys this team. Uh, so, guys, let's move on from Thunder vs. Celtics because we have a handful of other uh, Thunder topics to talk about. Um, so, so let's jump into our next one, which is I want to discuss the three Thunder wings, Hamadou Diallo, Terrence Ferguson, and Abdul Nader. Because it seems like we have a bit of a race and a power struggle for who is going to get time at that spot whenever the playoffs come. Because we're, we're seeing all three get minutes now, but we're not really sure uh, who is going to differentiate themselves when the when the the roster, not the roster, but like the, the minutes start to get cut coming down the stretch. So I, I think tonight is specifically... We kind of saw where these other two guys, being um, Hami and Nader, are starting to show that they deserve those minutes over Ferguson. And yes, maybe neither of those guys, for that matter, are, are as good as defenders as Ferguson are, uh, specifically on ball. But in the second half, those guys got the minutes over Ferguson after he started uh, with the starters. You know, so he got those starting minutes in the in the second half as well because he started the game. And then after that, we didn't see him again. And I think there's a reason for that. Nader and and Hami are both more impactful overall because Ferguson is an absolute zero on the offensive end. Um, there's multiple times where he either has open shots that he just isn't going to make or he's going to pass up those shots. And it's gotten to the point where just opposing teams don't respect him. And as much as I love Ferguson as a person, uh, like I said, I've said this on the past and previous podcasts, there's, I, I know people from my home. He's from the Tulsa area, um, even though we, I think he ended up going to high school in Dallas. But I know people back from Owasso in the Tulsa area who have literally coached him in basketball and know him and his family. And they're just, they're great people. He's a great person. And I say all this as a disclaimer to say that um, I, I think Ferg is awesome and I, I wish him success, but he's just not working. He's not working for this team. And I think both Hami and Nader have shown that they deserve those minutes over Ferguson to the point that I'm, I, I think Ferguson probably should ride the bench at least come playoff time and uh, just some kind of some stats that i know s3 have put together here heading into the podcast post all-star break since the all-star break nader uh, he's played in all nine games he's averaged 18.6 minutes he's been great he really has i mean you still take the the bad with the good uh with nader um you know particularly on his drives i think in his court vision but 18.6 minutes 7.1 points uh 44 50 75 shooting splits three rebounds, one assist, one block, and a plus-minus of a negative point two, which is kind of interesting, but when you take into consideration him coming with that second group um, and all the comebacks this, is, this team is trying to put together, it kind of and makes pr- sense. And probably getting a lot of playing time in that Bucks game. Right, that's that's also <laughs> yeah, a good that's point. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but seriously, though, that's, a, that's, a, that's yeah. a good point. And a couple of things. It seems like they typically play Nader at backup four right now. So how does that change whenever Baisley's healthy and Baisley comes back? Yeah, also right? a good point. Uh, I, I think that's a really big point of emphasis here is we have these three guys, uh, but we're about to add a fourth wing into this mix and Darius Baisley. Uh, he should be healthy and ready to go pretty soon. He's, I mean, as far as we see, like on the bench and stuff, he's moving around just yep. fine. I, I would assume he gets cleared sooner rather than later. Whenever he comes in, which of these three guys start to see their minutes slashed the most, right? Because like you said, Taylor, Nader's playing good. Now those blocks, he had four blocks tonight. Four career yep. high. Insane. He was swatting everybody. Like, 
it was kind of like Oprah, like you get a book and you get a book and you get a book. Like he was just, it was impressive. But uh, I mean, he's been good. It's probably been his best stretch of basketball for the Thunder since the All Star break. I agree. Yeah, like he's been like legitimately good. So I don't know. Out of these three. So, Taylor, you mentioned uh, Nader stats. Homie's only played in six of the games since the All-Star break, six of the nine. Ferg has played in all nine. Uh, Homie averaging the fewest amount of minutes. That would make sense because he's played in the least amount of games. But both Nader and Homie have averaged more points than Ferguson. Who would have thought? They have better shooting splits than Ferguson. Who would have thought? More rebounds, more assists. Uh, really across the board, they've all been been better than Ferguson. Now, and I know stats only tell part of the story, but when push comes to shove and Baisley gets back, who is getting their minutes cut? I would hope it. I again, I, and I say this not from a personal standpoint, like towards Ferguson, but as a fan of the Thunder and somebody who obviously follows him closely and uh, who podcasts about the Thunder, I would hope it's Ferguson. Yep. Nader and um, Hami both deserve those minutes. They both can provide sparks that this team needs um, off the bench, and Ferguson just does not possess that, even when he's in the starting unit anymore. It's crazy that the, his shooting splits since All-Star break, he's shooting 27% from the floor and 19% from three. Wow. Which is... Sounds like me at my local pickup run. Sw- yeah, right. Com- compared to Nader, who's shooting 44% from the floor and 50% from three. Now, obviously, crazy. attempts on those are, are limited, but it's it's tough with Ferg. Uh, I mean, it's the same conversation we had with Andre Robertson for years, but I think Ferguson, with his lack of confidence that he's had lately, might be more of an offensive liability than Robertson was because Robertson kind of learned his role in the offense. He got really good at backdoor cuts. He was able to kind of go to the basket, whether it's an alley-oop or, or kind of getting behind his defender. He could make some plays that kept the defense honest. Ferguson, outside of you know an alley-oop here and there, hasn't really been able to do that. I think he can. That's not like an impossible skill to learn. I think he right. can still get that, uh, but he's just not really contributing on that end. I will say, though, he did check into the game it was either the the last possession or the last couple possessions. Billy Billy did put him in, uh, sub, subbed out Gallo and put in Ferguson. So there is still that amount of trust and belief in his defense. True. And I think he'll continue to have that value into the playoffs. But if we're talking about kind of raw minutes um, right now, I think Nader deserves the most minutes hands down. Hami can come in, continue to play that kind of like energetic spark plug role. Uh, and then Ferguson's really just kind of a defensive specialist. Yeah, I would agree. And speaking of Ferguson's confidence, I just thought of this when you were talking about Andre Robertson specifically. Dre had a bit, a little bit of mean in him. Like, he would talk some trash. If right. Dre hit a three, he'd turn around and he would chirp a little bit. You ever see Ferguson talk shit ever? No, he's like a scared puppy out there. Like, yeah. I mean, seriously, though. He needs like- to get some dog in him. But also, Dre had the size and the strength, and Ferguson yeah. just doesn't really have that. Well, look at Dennis Schroeder. He talks all kinds of yeah, trash. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> he doesn't have the size or the strength. Very good point. Right? I mean, it's true. I don't he know. His quickness I, and scoring ability. In me personally, IQ. like, <laughs> I talk a lot of shit on this podcast, but like, I am not a trash talker, right? Like, it's just not who I am. Uh, and, and I'm not a professional athlete either. So maybe it's just. <laughs> Ferguson's personality, but I don't know. Like, I feel like whenever you start talking a little bit, that's because you're confident. Right. Now, 
and, and this is so minor, but at the end of the game tonight when Ferguson was playing, after the game ended, he was like dapping up Chris Paul and he and Steve were high-fiving. Ferg had a big smile on his face and look, looked excited. He didn't just like mope back over to the bench. Right. So like put his I think that's like, that's down. a positive thing, right? Yep. He's still engaged. You yeah. Know, he's, he's not mentally checked out, which is good. So far, so far. If I had to guess, I would say Nader's going to keep playing and Hami and Ferg would probably uh, both lose a little bit of minutes, but both would continue to play when Baisley gets back. Yeah, that would be my fair. guess. And kind of like today, you you see which one's playing, or Billy would see which one's playing best, and then play that that guard over the other, um, like we saw in the second half where Hami and Nader got the menace and the nod over Ferguson up until like you said, Justin, those final um, couple possessions. I, I think we'll probably see that heading into the playoffs. Definitely. So speaking of Baisley, though. Uh, Quick health checkup on this team. So we talked about Shea missing today's game in Boston due to a hip contusion that he fell on during the New York Knicks game. Uh, Shea and Baisley um, both out. Baisley was diagnosed with a knee contusion, and the report was four to six weeks for reevaluation. Well, guys, four weeks comes tomorrow, or, or for most people who are listening to this podcast today on Monday. He's looking pretty good. And the Thunder don't play again till Wednesday at home. So they're flying home from Boston tonight. They're probably in the air right now. And they get to be in Oklahoma City Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then play at home Wednesday night. Uh, I want to know, do you guys think Shea will play Wednesday? And do you think we'll get Baisley back on Wednesday? Mm, I think that Shea will definitely play Wednesday. Um, his injury doesn't seem that serious. Uh, I mean, he warmed up today, right? Exactly. Uh, I think that it was just being overly cautious. Baisley, I think I'd probably put it like 50, 50 right now that he plays Wednesday. That's not really based on anything concrete other than kind of a guess. Uh, but like you said, he seems to be moving around. Well, it doesn't seem like there's anything kind of lingering, uh, and so with those extra days off, he'll probably get checked out. They'll probably put him through some practices, kind of get him doing a little bit more on-court stuff and, and see how he's going. But I, th- I think there's a chance he plays Wednesday. I think I agree with that completely, especially on the SGA front. Um, not only, like you, you guys said, he warmed up and was a game-time decision, so he tried to play. Um, the other side of that is uh, Eric Horn actually asked Billy the question. He said, so SGA is questionable. Um, you know, apparently he banged up his hip in the Knicks game. Can you like, basically, can you, um, give a little color to that? And Billy's like, yeah, he bruises hip, a little hip bruise, a little hip, hip contusion. Um, he's going to try and give it a go. We'll see what happens, but he was not concerned whatsoever. So I highly expect, uh, SGA to play. And I'm with you, Justin. I think, you know, basically, obviously seems like he's progressed really well. That's been all, there's been no updates saying he hasn't. And so, um, even if he doesn't play against Utah, I think he definitely will be playing here within the next week, uh, which is, is great. I think we need to get him back into the rotation and get his size and versatility back and just another body, you know? All right, so I, I want legitimate takes from you guys right now. The Thunder have three games this next week, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. Two of those are at home, Wednesday and Friday. Will the peak see Darius Baisley this week? Give me a yes or no. Yes. I was gonna say, I'll go yes. Hey, I like it. I like it. He might it. be in a suit on the bench. Oh, Boo. 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 Hey, 
Don't get mad at me. Phrase the question better. <laughs> Will they see him on the court playing <laughs> basketball during regulation? Yes, mm. Friday. Yes, during timeouts. <laughs> God, I hate you so much. Uh, Got him. Uh, uh, I think there's a good chance. I think there's a good chance. Uh, the Thunder play on the road next Sunday. They are at Washington. Uh, and then another two-day break until they play Wednesday, Friday, and then a weekend break until they play on Monday the 23rd. That would be that six-week time frame. Um, so there, there's a lot of time off in these next couple of weeks. They have a lot of uh, double nights where they don't play instead of playing every other night. I think we might see him Wednesday or Friday. I really do. I like uh, it. Just the way he he's moving around on the bench, all that kind of stuff. So uh, – what about, I don't know. I'm I'm encouraged. What uh, about speak- uh, LeAngelo Ball? You guys think we'll see him? <laughs> uh, yes. Well, not on the Thunder, but I will see him uh, at the Blue. And you bet your ass that I when they say, "Hey, who do you want for media availability tonight?" You're gonna say, uh, "We want LeAngelo Ball." Yes, I'm That's probably not awesome. going to be the only person at the blue this time. Uh, <laughs> For once. <laughs> this time. <laughs> I, I, I think that's probably a fair assessment. That is uh, awesome. That, the next blue game comes for, at home in like a week, a little over a week. So I will definitely be at that and tweeting from the uncontested account uh, as we get our first look at LiAngelo Ball. So should be interesting. That's, that's yes. exciting. Uh, hey, speaking of the Thunder's schedule, though, as we're trying to break down when guys are going to come back, they're 10 games away from winning 50. They only need to go 10 and 8 the rest of the way to win 50 games. Uh, We've been talking about it. We've been throwing out numbers, but it's here. 10 and 8 is more than doable. Uh, So let me read off the rest of the schedule to you. I'm going to go really fast, and then you guys tell me, of these 18, how many are they going to win? You ready? Ready. So I'm just going to read it through, and then when we're done, you're going to give me your numbers. Okay. Okay. They play the Jazz, the Timberwolves, at Wizards, at Grizzlies, at Hawks, Nuggets, at Heat, Hornets, at Warriors, at Nuggets, Suns, at Clippers, at Lakers, the Nets, the Knicks, at the Grizzlies, the Jazz, and at the Mavericks. I'm going to say 12. So you got them at 52 wins. That sounds wild. Okay. I I would say 11 or 12. I waffled on one in the middle there, but (laughs) I think 11 and 12 is very um, conservative. Yeah, I think if they went 11 and 7, that's realistic, and that's 51 games. That's insane. Taylor, are you in agreement with that? (laughs) So I'm a visual uh, learner (laughs) over here. So I'm currently going through the schedule. <laughs> Taylor's my... making a spreadsheet. And... <laughs> yeah, that's right. I have formulas Taylor. going. Well, no, what um, Taylor's really in. doing is he's sitting there with the 12-count box of crayons. Yeah. Like, you know, the the uh, was it Home Alone where he, like, drew out the map and everything? Yes. That, that's so, exactly so, what I'm doing. That's what Taylor's doing right I'm now. I'm like, okay, so you got the Jazz, you got the Wolves. So, okay, Jazz. I'm going to go ahead and say we're going to win that one. 1-0. Wolves, 2-0. Wizards three and zero. Are you going to go through all eighteen? Hawks five and zero. Nuggets five and one. Heat will go five and two there. Uh, Hornets six and two. Warriors seven and two. Nuggets seven and three. Eight and three. Suns eight and four. Clippers eight and five. Lakers nine and five. Nets ten and five. Knicks uh, eleven and five. Grizzlies will go eleven and six. Jazz to be conservative. 
And I'm gonna go twelve and six Mavericks to end. Nice. So you got him going fifty two as well. Boom. I, I like it. I should just agree with Justin. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was thank, a very long window. Thank you for taking us along, <laughs> yes. along that journey with you. The scenic route. Appreciate the scenic you. route. That's right. There's two people in this. It's like Taylor's the kind of guy that would go from Oklahoma City to like New York and go the long route. I'm going to drive it. Right. <laughs> well, I'm no, I'm saying like instead of like going east, you would go west to get there. <laughs> <laughs> like go around like 90% of the globe to end up in New York. I want to see the Grand Canyon <laughs> and the West Coast before I head to New York City. <laughs> uh, Thunder currently sitting at fifth in the Western Conference. They are a half game up on the Rockets, a game and a half up on Dallas, and a metric F load up on the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, they're eight games up on the eighth seed. Um, Beautiful. The Thunder have got to be getting really close to getting that little X next to their name. For the for the clinch, I mean, it's got <laughs> to be kind of close. Clinch. It's got to be kind of close. Right now, if the playoffs started today, which they don't, but if they did, it would be a rematch of two years ago, Oklahoma City playing the Utah Jazz. Redemption. How do you feel about it? Oh, I'd love that matchup. I'm yeah. into it. Yep, that'd be solid. If th- they if the Thunder slipped back a spot to six, they would be playing against the Denver Nuggets. I would also be okay with that. Those are the be, two teams that I'm most okay with. That's playing exactly in the what I was going to say. Compared to Clippers and Lakers, like yeah, right. give right. me Nuggets or if and Houston Jazz climbs. All day. My order is Utah, Denver, Houston, Clippers, Lakers. Yeah, see, Agreed. I, I think I'm Utah, Houston, Denver, oh, wow. Clippers, Lakers because Houston just has so much. Um, not versatility, uh, but there's just there's so much more room for error there. These lack all kinds of consistency. They're very incons- inconsistent, um, and there's just there's more room for the Thunder to come in and upset. They're like the Houston Rockets are what the Thunder were last season, and the, this Thunder team is kind of like what the Blazers were last season, right? Like hmm. I could totally see them pulling a Blazers upset against the Rockets that they're match up with them. The are you trying out. to say the Thunder are going to make the Western Conference Finals? Yes. I mean, you never know. That's what right? I heard. No, <laughs> That's what I heard. Saying. I mean, let's be realistic. They're only three and a half games out of the two seed, so let's just host <laughs> Dallas in a playoff series. Hey. There we go. No, I don't like that. I don't want to play Luka. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That guy scares me. No kidding. It's Europeans, man. <laughs> they're good. Oh my gosh. They're good. All right, hey, couple more things. We've been going long on the Thunder, but that's okay because Thunder podcast. Thunder, yeah, they've been. New we got to talk about Ian Bagley's report this week that the Knicks uh, have been what was it collecting intel? I think that's maybe what he said, gathering information about Chris Paul and plan to make a run at him this summer in trade. Surprised? Dun dun dun. No, I'm not surprised because the Knicks think they'll get every free agent ever. Because they're the Knicks. Well, there is the tie uh, of Leon Rose, yep. Chris Leon Paul's Rose. former agent, who is now the GM of the Knicks. Um, so, so there is a little bit of of uh, what's the word? Intrigue. That's the word I'm looking for. There's a little bit of intrigue there. Chris Paul definitely talked up Madison Square Garden on Friday night whenever the Thunder visited yep. the Knicks. It doesn't make a lot of sense, which. Makes a lot of sense for the Knicks. For the Knicks, right. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right? But I mean, like, they could play with five power forwards and Chris Paul. But at the same time, like, 
okay, if if you're going to trade for Chris Paul, you're going to have to include some of those power forwards and some of those veteran salaries in that trade for starters. Well, second of all, like can I can I pause you there for a second? Oh, they're the all. Knicks- yeah, the Knicks project to have like thirty million in cap space. That's a yep. good point. They're gonna be. Free they agents. could just absorb Chris Paul into cap space and trade something small if they wanted. That's a good point. So yeah, give us RJ and we'll be on our way. <laughs> Everything's fine. Done. I Straight like it. up. But like having Chris Paul there for some of those young guys, assuming yeah. RJ, they're going to probably keep unless Chris Paul or unless Presley says, "Hey, here's Chris Paul and multiple draft picks." Exactly. Um, yeah. Maybe Kevin Knox would be included in that. Maybe not. But so Chris Paul, Frank Kevin Nilakina? Knox, and Frank Nilakina, Let Let's say that two of those three are still there if Chris Paul were traded. Like Chris Paul is a perfect person, as we've seen this season, a perfect leader to have to kind of help turn those or turn that franchise around and kind of help those young guys. So I could see where it's beneficial for them. But like you said, Jacob, I don't think that's the direction you should go if you are the Knicks. It's interesting, too, from, like, Chris Paul's perspective. I'm curious what he would think about that move. I think everybody's just kind of penciled in, like, oh, he's going to go to a contender right. and try to win a ring before he's all done. But that would 100% pretty much rule out a ring yeah. if he goes to the Knicks. Right. 100 so it's, a, it's Pretty a fair to say. <laughs> it's a you got to make the playoffs to win a ring the last time I checked. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a different uh, conclusion to his career, but it might not necessarily be a bad one. Like we've seen this season in Oklahoma City, I feel like Chris Paul's reputation, not just with the Thunder fan base and how they viewed him being on the Rockets and the Clippers with those rivalries being kind of heated, but really just across the league, it feels like Chris Paul's kind of enjoying a little bit of a renaissance. And you've got to think that if he goes into a Knicks team that needs a mentor and he can mentor some of those young guys, like Taylor said, that could get kind of continue to end his career on a high note. Definitely. Let me throw out a hypothetical to you guys. And I want to know who says no, right? That's my favorite game. Who says no? Let's say the New York Knicks land uh, in the draft lottery, pick number three in the 2020 draft. The Thunder end up with the 20th pick. They get to keep their own pick, and they have that Denver pick. Who says no in a trade? Chris Paul, the Thunder's 20th pick in 2020, and a future top three protected Thunder pick to the Knicks for pick number three in 2020 and Kevin Knox. Ooh, and Kevin Knox. So I was going to say Thunder say no until you threw in Kevin Knox. Um, That's interesting. That is interesting. I just like this because the Thunder could go get Denny. I know, I know. I do love <laughs> Denny. I love Denny so much. Um, I could go for Denny's. Yeah, Dude, it's been fair. so long since I've had Denny's. Me too. I'm actually a, a Waffle House guy, so oh, 100% blasphemy. Waffle House, <laughs> the quality of food, the price, it's unbeatable. the aesthetic. It's unbeatable, top to bottom. Yeah. Waffles are better than pancakes anyways. Agreed. I hope it's overrated. Give me a anyway, uh, <laughs> I think the I think the Thunder say now. I'm sticking with what Taylor said. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I'm As much as I do... Like Denny, I think just this draft overall is just not looking super exciting. And so I don't know how quick Presty would be to move on the number three pick this year versus like a future asset or future assets. I agree. Interesting. All right. I like it. Hey, guys, let's get to some Twitter questions before we move on to Around the Association. Yes. So we have 
a metric buttload tonight. <laughs> um, I love it. They're the best. Are very clearly excited about the big, like the, Thunder win and, <laughs> big Thunder win in uh, Boston tonight. So I'm Good going old to Bean go Town. These, I'm going to go through these like lightning round style. So let's oh, like quick man. answers. You get it? Lightning and thunder? Boom. I'm going to bounce these off you guys and we'll try to answer them quickly because we have a lot to get through. Are you ready? For let's spaghetti. Do it. Let's go. At Alaskan Strummer asks, how does Adam's passing rank against other bigs across the league? Jacob. Oh, it's top third. I mean, he's not nearly as good of a passer as like a Nikola Jokic. Uh, there's some other good passing big men, but Adams overall IQ was really high. So I would put him top third in passing. I would put him like top f- 95 percentile in basketball IQ. Solid. At Britton Powell 2, who's your player of the game, Dennis or Chris Taylor? Ooh. I've got to go Chris. Just the way he was able to control the game, the, uh, the, the way he was able to score – I think you got to go Chris, but shout out Dennis for the play of the game with that steal at the very end to uh, so clutch. steal and score. Yep. Jacob, this one's coming to you at Jared Fergie asks, how can we get Steven to shoot his free throws like Rick Barry? <laughs> uh, if there's anyone that would do it on this team, it would be Steven. Cause that dude doesn't you, give an F about anything. Can you imagine that visual? <laughs> oh dude, it's so borderline good. erotic. Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, I love I love Stephen Adams to death. If I ever get to interview Stephen Adams at a Thunder game, uh, if I ever get credentialed, I'm not even going to talk basketball. We're just going to talk anime. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Taylor coming to you at M Dimly D M D Limley. Sorry, M D Limley, <laughs> 1987. No, say it ten times fast. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the real Thunder? Beating Boston by one or getting crushed by the Bucks and Clippers? Oh, beating Boston by one, 100%. Just listen to the stats that I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast about the Thunder and the Clutch. That's this team. They're resilient. They're going to fight. And um, when they're at full strength, they'll be able to go toe-to-toe with some of these teams like the Bucks and the Clippers, um, even if they would not be able to pull off a full seven-game series against them. I like it. Jacob coming to you at Trent BA and then a bunch of numbers. (laughs) Who would you trust to save your life, Dennis or Clutch Paul? Oh, Chris Paul. Yeah, 100%. Solid. I'm not going to context. Uh, I, just Chris Paul. Move on to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor at CIC66 says, where does CP3 rank on your all-time favorite Thunder players? Oh, boy. Okay. Taylor's going to make another spreadsheet. Oh, man. <laughs> I was not expecting this Well, let me spot. look. With the Thunder <laughs> have had 106 players in the history, so let's start at 106 and work up. <laughs> Let's go through the entire list. Is he above or below Kyle Weaver? I don't know. <laughs> then we're at tough. player what 80. What about Chris Wilcox? We rank him. Yeah, Chris Wilcox. Kyle Maynard with his half-court buzzer beaters. Um, Chris Paul. Has did you just a- say Kyle Maynard? He did. That's Kyle Maynard. <laughs> it's Kyle Maynard. Eric Maynard, Eric sorry. Maynard? I was uh, combining Eric and <laughs> Kyle I'm about Singler. to pull this question and give it to Jacob. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think Chris Paul has to be... Top four right now for me. Just oh, off wow. the top of my head. Yeah. Top yeah. Like it. It's been, this has been one of the most fun Thunder teams I've watched and followed um, since the Thunder came to OKC. As far as where he was versus how much he's climbed in your book, he's got to be number one, though, right? Oh, you 100%. As, as, far, as far as the climb is concerned. I certainly did not like Chris Paul prior to this season. <laughs> yes, I'm with you. Number three in the program, number one in your heart. Yeah, there you go. At Phi Ilson. 
asks, how does it feel to get 40 wins before the Rockets, Jacob? Uh, it feels wonderful. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Huge. Let those Rockets pick roll on in. Get rid of Daryl Morey. Let Tillman Fertitta drive that thing into the dirt. I am here for it. Melt it down and inject it straight into my veins. <laughs> Follow-up question. We'll send this one to you again, Jacob. Oh. Two games between Boston and OKC. Both road teams won by one point. Who's your pick in the seven-game series? Oh. Uh, Boston. I love the Thunder. Boston has – I mean, the Thunder were missing SGA and Darius Baisley. Boston was missing Jalen Brown. Uh, I, I think top to bottom, Boston has more top-tier talent, uh, but I would take it going six or seven. I still think Boston would get it, but it would be a good series. It would be a fun series. Yep. Um, okay, our own Kamiar at KMorabianCCM oh, asks, no. <laughs> <laughs> what is your least favorite Thunder Game commercial? Oh, man. It's truck month. I, I was going to say truck month or the kazoos. The kazoos. Uh, the yeah, kazoos we are talked about that. Lately. We talked about that prior to, yeah, starting this. The, the What's the really bad. budget one about the woman trying to tell me to not get ripped off on the internet? Oh, yes. The um, IC3? Yes. IC3. That one's bad. That is bad. No, thanks. Kazoo and that one are probably up there. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, at JLo2836. Can we get some updated info on the blue, Jacob? Ooh. Anything new for us in blue land? You mentioned uh, Jello coming to town. You're going to be at that next blue home game. Anything stick out to you in the games that you've been going to lately? Um, so the last home game that I got to go to, they had two new guys playing on the roster. Um, and God help my soul. I'm going to forget names now. Um, but they, they traded. Um, they made a trade. And they sent... Oh, man. Vincent Edwards up to yes. Cleveland and, and brought back a big man. Um, they're right on the kind of the cusp right now of making the G League playoffs. Uh, the G League season ends this month, actually, March. So they're they're in the in the grind right now to try to make the G League playoffs. Uh, Jello was on the practice squad with them forever. Uh, didn't actually get signed by the Thunder. He just signed a G League contract and then hit waivers. And the Thunder or the Blue picked him up. Uh, it's kind of a, a, a weird type of thing that the G League does. That'd be kind of like an NBA player having a contract, but not with any specific team, just with the league. Uh, so it's kind of fascinating. But they they brought the Thunder, ended up still bringing him in. Uh, so so we're going to see if they make the playoffs. It's been a really fun team to cover. If you haven't made it out to a Blue game, I'd really encourage you to go. Uh, the, the weekdays, there's not a lot of people. Weekends, there are. And you can get down pretty close. A lot of times, if you buy tickets up high, uh, they'll come and get you and have you move down closer to the court. Uh, it's a fun time. I really enjoy covering it, and I really hope they make the playoffs so I can continue to cover them this year. Yeah. And last but not least, Taylor at OKC Donder asks, is OKC's transition offense concerning considering that when playoffs arrive, offense comes at a pre premium and easy buckets need to be made? No, just because, like you said, Justin, that the game completely slows down. It's completely not a completely different game, but uh, the game cer certainly slows down when it comes to playoff time. And so, having guys like Chris Paul and Dennis Shooter and SGA who can get their own bucket just about whenever they want to uh, is going to be huge for this team. And and so, I'm not too concerned. You don't see as much transition and pace like you do during the regular season. 
Um, so I, I feel good about it. You might say that this uh, team is a perfect fit for the playoffs. Yeah. And speaking of fit, have you ever wondered why traditional button-ups look so long and baggy? It's because they were never meant to be worn that way. Untuck It shirts were specifically designed to be worn untucked. So no matter your size or shape, their shirts are the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Don't just take my word for it. Try Untuck It for yourself. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. They even offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the U.S. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com, promo code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. All right, guys, let's take a trip around the association. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> I just sit here and dance in my chair every Same. time that sounder plays. It. It's it. just what the best. Good, Absolutely what a good best. sounder. So Speaking of Kawhi, out in La La Land, uh, but a different team. Let's look at the Lakers. Two games this weekend, Friday against the Bucks, today against the Clippers. Lakers win both. The Clippers and the Bucks are two teams that a lot of people are talking about meeting in the finals. Uh, the two teams that people are talking about winning an NBA title this year. Lakers just went and beat both of them. Uh, so this weekend, did, did this weekend prove to you that the Lakers should be the title favorites? Moving into the rest of the season. Yes. See, I'm a, I don't feel nearly as confident just because regular season, although both these teams did seem to take this game very seriously. Um, they played very competitively. I'm still not sold that come a seven-game series. I feel like the Lakers' depth is really going to well, – the Lakers' depth compared to the Clippers' depth is really going to catch up to the Lakers. And so I'm a little concerned about that heading into a seven-game series. I don't get as worried about depth in playoff series because I feel like your bench shortens, so you don't need as much depth as much as you just need like a really good starting five and then two to three bench players that can can really compete. And I True. feel like the Lakers have that. I think the biggest reason that I see I I'm kind of convinced of the Lakers right now is just watching LeBron. LeBron just has that like look in his eye of like vintage kind of dominant LeBron. And I think if he continues to bring that fire to the playoffs, uh, I think they're going to steamroll some teams. That's And see, that's what worries me is that like, I'm not sure they do have those five. Like they have AD and LeBron. Um, and outside of that, it's like who, so tonight it was, uh, or today it was Avery Bradley. Um, they do have Marcus Morris, Kuzma, got Dion. something they do. They will be adding Dion Dion's buckets. Number three, obviously. Dion buckets. But to your point, Justin, like Anthony Davis and LeBron James are having two of the best seasons of their entire careers, which is absurd when you think about how long LeBron's been in the career, like or been in the league. Like at, at yeah. a certain point, I'm just like, you know what? I don't even care. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy what LeBron's doing as a fan of the game because, especially with everything that's happened with Kobe this past year, like. It's just awesome to be able to witness what LeBron's doing this this late in his career. So I to your point, I, I, I see what you're saying about AD and LeBron. 
it's uh it's fascinating i i don't know i kind of want to take the lakers to win it all right now just because of what they're doing what lebron's doing uh speaking of guys high up in the mvp race like lebron uh, I mentioned that they beat the Bucks. Giannis, though, is out with a knee injury. He'll miss the next two games after an MRI showed a minor joint capsule sprain on his left knee. Did not play tonight, and the Bucks went down and lost to the Phoenix Suns. Any worry about Giannis's knee and the supporting cast that we're going to get to see kind of perform without Giannis over the next couple of games? Have either of you guys heard of a uh, joint capsule Prior to this, whenever injury you said, whenever you pre-pod, you said, "Have you guys ever heard of a joint capsule?" I thought it was like <laughs> some new medicine, like a capsule, or I thought it was something from Dragon Ball Z that like exactly. Bulma would make at Capsule exact, Corp. Okay, that was my first it's, thought as well. It's like a, a special protective case for your blunt. <laughs> it's a joint <laughs> capsule. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I, th- I thought that was super interesting. No, I, it's. I feel like the NBA just continues to make up body parts and then the players keep hurting them, but I, I've never heard of a joint capsule. Me either. Me either. Um, but I am concerned about the Bucks without Giannis, 100%. I haven't heard about a joint capsule, but I'm concerned about it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds very serious. Can you... Can the you... joint capsule? Oh, God. It's not the solo capsule. <laughs> Uh, but like think about (laughs) the lakers going a couple like these last like like two weeks without lebron that's pretty concerning and that's kind of the equivalent i think for the bucks without Giannis. yeah i i think it's you know much of the same things we were talking about the lakers the bucks maybe even more so i think Giannis is obviously the most important player on that team but i think that he makes a lot of things go. It'll be interesting to see what Chris Middleton does in his absence, if he can kind of step up and who else can step up to kind of fill that void. And then obviously, um, you know, is it just the next two games for Giannis or is this something that lingers? Obviously, I have no idea what a joint capsule is, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, so other things around the association. We got to talk about the, the, I was about to say the New York Nets, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, have fired coach Kenny Atkinson, which came as kind of a surprise to a lot of the league. Reporting coming out that this was a mutual uh, departure, and some are saying that Kenny Atkinson did, I think as Yahoo is reporting this, uh, was not interested in coaching Kyrie and Kevin Durant next year. Um, Taylor, do you have maybe a little bit more to add to this story here? Yeah, yeah. So, um, like you said, Woj and Shans both kind of simultaneously dropped this on us Saturday morning. Uh, very surprising. Uh, we actually follow some uh, some Nets uh, podcasters and reporters from our account. Um, Nick Fay being one of those guys um, off the glass basketball that um, we actually podcasted with them preseason, and uh, they were shocked. And it, it wasn't just you know NBA fans; it was all even Brooklyn Nets fans, and so. Woj comes out and Shams come out and say that it was a mutual decision, like you mentioned. Uh, then we start seeing reports just from different reporters saying that uh, apparently there was some players uh, within the team who kind of pushed for this. And so obviously the first reactions are Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and even more so Kyrie. I'm kind of adding fuel to that fire. Um, today was the first game they played with interim coach, and I can't remember his name now. A Jackie something, I believe. It could be off. That's just off the top of my head. Regardless, they um, started DeAndre Jordan over Jared Allen, which was kind of interesting. It was like okay. Um, so obviously there were some changes that people went to see prior to Kenny Atkinson being fired, 
And then Vincent Goodwill of Yahoo Sports, like you mentioned, Jacob, um, he reports, uh, league sources tells Yahoo Sports that Kenny Atkinson wasn't keen on coaching KD and Kyrie next season. Quote, unquote, Kenny pushed for for parting just as much, if not more, than Brooklyn. So rumor has it, uh, reporting from Yahoo, they are saying that Kenny was not excited about coaching KD and Kyrie and all the drama that comes with them, essentially, and that he is much more keen to coaching uh, up-and-coming talent and continue to develop talent, which he's been so great at over the past couple of seasons between, you know, D'Angelo Russell and Kyrie LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, all the, Jared Allen, a bunch of these guys. Um, it seems like Kenny's going to stick with more of that template and not so much the let's trade for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving or get them free agency right now and see if we can make a playoff push or a uh, championship push. Kyrie kills another franchise. And that's, yep. that's the interesting thing. I, I, like, I do think Kenny Atkinson will get picked up somewhere uh, yeah. relatively quickly, like this offseason. I think he'd be a great fit on the Knicks. Exactly. Like yeah. you said with like developing players, it reminds me a lot of the Golden State situation of uh, having Mark Jackson when Steph and Clay and all those guys were young and then firing him and then hiring Steve Kerr. I don't know if the Nets have their Steve Kerr lined up, but they, a lot of times, it's it's not surprising to me that you know you have one coach that's great for the developmental phase, and then when they're in the championship contender phase, might need a different voice. I think Oklahoma City felt that a little bit with Scott Brooks potentially. I think he was great in the developmental phase, but I think when they were kind of prime championship contender phase, they might have needed a new voice, and I kind of think that's what the Nets are doing here. Definitely feels like it. Yep. Let's move on. Last thing around the association, the Houston Rockets. Not playing the best basketball. They lost in New York to, again, the Knicks. We've been talking, mentioned the Knicks a lot here today. The abysmal Knicks have beat the Houston Rockets. They then got the doors blown off of them by the Clippers. Uh, the Thunder can relate to that. But the Rockets then tonight get blown out by the Orlando Magic without Evan Fournier. Uh, all is not looking well. Is the Rockets' experiment of small ball revolution failing? I mean, yeah, James Harden and Mike D'Antoni saying it was rock bottom tonight, which yeah. is not a good place yep. to be. Um, I saw a fascinating stat right before we started recording from StatMuse on Twitter. It said James Harden shooting 31.7% from the field and 20.3% from three in the last five games. Woo. He's only shooting 39% from the field and 30% from three since the new year. Those are like Terrence Ferguson level numbers. And you heard how we talked about Ferguson shooting now up his volume to James Harden level. Uh, really, if you take away the free throws from Harden's game, uh, he's Terrence Ferguson with worse defense. <laughs> That's a take. That's a bold take. That's a take. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even believe that, but you get the point. His shooting numbers are bad. <laughs> you tell me that motherfucker ain't hot, you and I think that's the key with the small ball thing is they have gone all in on outside shooting and analytics. If your primary ball handler and highest volume shooter is shooting 20% from three, that model fails. Yeah, right. it's done. they were 28% from three tonight, nine of 32, out-rebounded by nine. Um, they turned the ball over a lot. They only shot 25 free throws. Uh, just not a good game. At all. Yeah, no, it's... I, I'm exactly with you, Justin. I don't have very much to add other than 
small ball obviously is not going to work if James Harden isn't being James Harden. Um, and you can't expect him to do what he did last season even. But just to be productive in general, I mean, he's almost been a negative. <laughs> I mean, it's been absurd seeing the slump that he's going through. And is that because he doesn't have a big rolling to the rim, uh, coming sitting, you know, to, to run the pick and roll with? You know, it's very interesting to kind of follow and dig into a little bit. But on the surface, it's extremely concerning. Um, but I, this all goes away and it's fixed if James Harden goes on another scoring streak. And then, you know, maybe next week we're talking about how the Rockets small ball looks so great because James Harden is, is hitting his three-point shots again. So we'll see. Beautiful. Hey, so we burned through around the association really quick. Let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up because I have a fun uh, wrap-it-up segment for you guys. You better wrap it up. It's done. Yes, Mr. Frodo. It's over now. Hold on now. Hang in there with me. About that. Hey, can you read? Wrap it up. So, for those of you who don't know, Netflix, just this past week, dropped Castlevania Season 3. Um, and this week, we got an announcement that came from HBO. They are making a series based off the PlayStation game, The Last of Us. Seems like video game-inspired television is doing well. Uh, although The Witcher was originally a book series, it was a video game before it was a Netflix show as well. So, simple question. What other video games would be cool as television shows? The one that I have wanted ever since I was in high school is Halo. Yes. I want yep, to see Halo mine. content. Uh, I, I was teased with the uh, Peter Jackson working on a Halo movie. Saw pictures leaked from the set and the props and the screen tests and got all excited. And then it fell through. Uh, though it did end up producing District 9, which was a pretty solid sci-fi movie, though not a video game movie. So my pick is Halo. I like it. Taylor, you got one? So, yeah, I have... Uh, so, actually, Halo was on my list uh, because I'm exactly with you, Justin. I think there's so many options you can do there. But Skyrim, I mentioned Skyrim on a previous oh, podcast. Oh, yeah, get, get us an Elder Scrolls just, TV series. Right, it's just Elder Scrolls has such a broad, huge narrative. It's such a huge world that they built, very similar to George R.R. Martin and uh, Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire. You totally can make a TV series or a movie out of that. 100%. I'd love to see that come to fruition. And then uh, my other one was uh, kind of a low-hanging fruit, but Call of Duty. Like, there's a lot of a lot of things you can do there. I feel like Call of Duty is already a movie. Probably. Just every it, it, might, movie it might be. Just, yeah, it's, right. it's yeah. called Jack Ryan. Yeah. Oh, dude, Jack Ryan's really good. Um, I, so I have a lot here that I could dig into. Um, one of my favorite video game series of all time is the Dark Souls series. Uh, which is very dark and gritty and and fantasy. It's kind of like if you mixed mixed Game of Thrones with The Witcher. Uh, so I would love to see a, a Dark Souls series. I think that would be really cool. I've also got L.A. Noir. Did you guys ever play oh, that? Oh, that's a really really good game. L.A. Noir is awesome. It's like this um, film noir style game. It it kind of feels like you're playing a movie. But it kind of goes around like old school Los Angeles and Hollywood, and yeah, uh, you got to solve the Black Dahlia murder. Yeah, that's cool. Very and it cool. was made by uh, Rockstar, so the same people that did like Grand Theft Auto. And oh a lot my of, gosh, um, Grand Theft Auto would be fun. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto would also be fun. But a lot of uh, Mad Men actors are in L.A. Noir, so just pull them. We already know they make a good show. Yeah, and yep. I think L.A. Noir would be a good one. There you go. We I've need never a Legend the game of Zelda. And I'm in. 
Legend of Zelda show. Yes. I'm in, in on both of those. Yep. Just make it happen. I love it. Yeah. That, would, so, that would make Zelda so much money. Up. That's just like printing money. What about Red Dead? We talked about Westworld Ooh. last week. Oh, I yeah. Think Red Dead would make a solid show. Yeah, it would. It's a really good one. I'm trying to think of some old school games that would be good, but not, not a whole lot of old school games were very narrative based. Right. What about um, Wolfenstein? That could be a good one. Ever play Wolfenstein? I've never played Wolfenstein. <laughs> I think, and, and this is the definitely the the nerd of me coming out. Um, they're they're making a Baldur's Gate three. Uh, Baldur's Gate one and two was released. I want to say on PlayStation two. I think that sounds right. Baldur's Gate is a is a city based in like a Dungeons and Dragons lore. And so there's there's so much to explore there that I think if they made a, a TV show out of that, you just have so many avenues of what, places to explore whenever we have shows like The Witcher and shows like Game of Thrones doing so well, these fantasy shows doing so well. I, I think a Baldur's Gate uh, series would be incredible. The city of Baldur's Gate, to me, is a lot like King's Landing in Game of Thrones. Yep. Uh, so basically, we just say a, a show based in King's Landing. Hmm. Interesting. Nice. Could be really good. All right, guys. What any about, others? What about Fallout? Oh, Fallout would yeah? be great. Oh, yeah. Fallout would be good. Yeah, yeah. that'd be really good. Happen. That's It'd all be, I got. It'd be a good one. All right, awesome. Well, uh, hopefully this uh, this theme of video game television and and other forms of media uh, keep coming around because it seems like they're pretty successful. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, great podcast. If you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts from. We drop a weekly episode every late Sunday night slash early Monday morning. Then we got podcasts after every single Oklahoma City Thunder basketball game. That means 18 more until the playoffs. It's coming up. So make sure you jump on the bandwagon. We're going to be doing a lot of awesome stuff for the playoffs. Got some big things planned. Uh, So just be ready for that. Uh, Check out our podcast network, Blue Wire Pods. They are on Twitter at Blue Wire Pods. You can also find them online at bluewirepods.com. Make sure you go to betonline.ag. Use that promo code BLUEWIRE to get your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Also go to Untuck It and look good, you freaking heathens. Untuck It makes some good shirts. You guys have a great beginning of your week. Thunder are off a couple of games. or Not a couple of games, a couple of nights. There we go. They will be back again Wednesday at the peak playing the Utah Jazz. So we will be back with you then for a post-game podcast. Until then, stay safe, wash your hands, and we'll see you Wednesday. Thunder up. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.